It's fantastic to get the opportunity to speak with you all. And today we're asking the question, could we be the home that our city needs? Could Riverside Church be the home our city, Birmingham, needs? Now, if I ask the question, what is home? I'm sure it would spark a variety of different emotions in everyone. And I'm sure each person would come up with a different answer for, for their version of home. And, and you're not wrong. Our version of home is going to be different because we're all different. Alice and I, uh, just last week, we moved into our own house, officially on the property ladder. Whoop. And it, it's been a whirlwind of packing and cleaning and painting. Oh, my. And in and amongst all of that, we're asking ourselves, how can we make this house a home? What is it that helps with that? Is it the paint on the walls? Is it the pictures in the frames? Is, is it the people we have coming in and out? Maybe it's a sense of belonging or a sense of security, or of comfort. And as we try to unpack this question, really look at what home means, perhaps beyond just the dictionary definition, a place where one lives permanently, and head into the complexity of the essence of home. What does it mean to feel at home? Like many things in life, our understanding of the concept of home is largely to do with our experience of it or lack thereof. So for this, we're going to take a look at where we've been. Now, I've stayed in hundreds of homes in my lifetime, lodged with dozens of people, slept on beds, sofas, mattresses, air mattresses, a waterbed, uh, floors. Some of that has been because of touring with shows as an adult, but some of that also was to do with traveling a lot as I was growing up. And some of you know that I grew up in Southeast Asia, but I can remember every two or three years we would travel around the USA and my parents would speak at different churches and events several times a week. And uh, every time I would repeatedly hear, well, aren't you glad to be home? And my honest answer was, no, this is not my home. I didn't know anyone. I, I didn't know the area. I didn't live there. I didn't feel secure, I didn't feel understood, and I suppose those were the things I was looking for in a home. I may have an American passport, but I don't, I don't feel like an American. The singer Alice Merton jumped into the music charts with her debut single recently, No Roots, where she sings the line, I've got no roots, 25 times in the song. What is it about that that resonates with us as people? It feels like more and more common, people feeling like they have no roots. In this transient world that we live in, people moving around more, people moving further away even. And suddenly this idea of home becomes a mysterious goal that's impossible to reach. In the Old Testament, we see the Israelites wandering around for years, decades without a home. Other figures in the Bible experience a lack of feeling rooted. David lived on the run for many, many years. Following bereavement, Ruth and Naomi journeyed to Bethlehem to, to find a sense of home. Jesus Christ himself didn't have a home. It says in Luke 9, 58, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. The amount of people I've spoken to, even just in the past month, who have said that they are struggling with loneliness, isolation, not feeling plugged in or settled. All they want is some friends, some people they can do life with. We're surrounded by it. And I can guarantee there are people here this morning who feel that way, who feel alone and without roots. 
Now, ironically, you are not alone in feeling that way. But there is good news. The Bible passage says, He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. So this message is for all of us. In this case, it was Jews and Gentiles. Those who feel like they are in, part of the family, and those who feel on the edge, distant, lacking that sense of rootedness. This message is for you. For through him, through Jesus, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Jesus welcomes you. Jesus invites you to come and sit at the table, a seat with your name on it, a seat where you belong, a place of intimacy with God, where we can talk and find peace, a place you can call home. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. You're in. By the grace of Jesus, you belong here. And as we are all one family, all members of God's household, the church, this can't just be a club for us to look inward, right? We're asking, could we be the home that our city needs? So we need to look at where we are. How can we make our church, Riverside, here, a home for others? Keenan L. Callahan, the author of Effective Church Leadership, said this, People come to church longing for, yearning for, hoping for this sense of roots, place, belonging, sharing and caring. People come to a church in our time with a search for community. I often think, how do people move to new places without a church family to plug in with? Where do you find community? Community that you can find your role in, that you can belong in that is there to celebrate when, with you when you're celebrating and there to mourn with you when you're mourning. Alice and I really experienced this while we were living in Essex. We came to a point where our contract wasn't renewed for our rented flat and we had to move out. And multiple people in our church came up to us and said, come and live with us. Some of these were close friends, but some were more acquaintances in the church, people whom I never would have expected that generosity out of but we were church family. And we did end up living with some friends for, the, for a time, and their generosity and kindness still blows me away. That is church. That is church. We found a home in Essex in our church. <laughs> and we knew we may not be there for a very long time, but we got stuck in, and we served in ways we felt able to, at committing to the community there. And it meant that over the two years, we made some incredible friendships. We ate together, we laughed together, we cried together as we walked through life. And yes, this made it extremely painful and difficult when we had to leave and come to Birmingham, but I wouldn't trade those relationships for anything. That was our home for that time. Speaking from experience, getting stuck in increases your sense of home. And as others open their home, your sense of belonging will deepen. Wherever you are, be all there. That's a quote from Jim Elliott, a missionary turned martyr in Ecuador. I love that. This is our home. This is where we are. The world-renowned architect Zaha Hadid was commissioned to make a, a private residence for the international real estate developer Vladislav Doronin as a, a $140 million project. 
It was completed just last year. Here it is, as you can see. And when she asked him what he wanted from the house, he said this, I don't want to see any neighbors and I want to feel free. Now, I believe that's the opposite of what the church should strive for. Not only do we want to see the neighbors, but we want to welcome them in and introduce them to Jesus and the loving embrace of the Father God and then include them in our family. We're going to be exploring more of that through our local area, uh, with our local area through the prayer gathering, the site-specific prayer gathering next month in October. But when I walk along the high street, when I walk along the streets in this area or take the bus, I start to recognize the same faces over time. And then maybe after a while, I get to know the names that go with those faces. And then after even a bit more time, maybe I get to know what the need is for those people. To properly love our neighborhood is a true challenge. And the first step is to get to know it. The second step is to look after it. That's a quote from Joe Swinney, the author of Home, A Quest for Belonging. So back to the Bible, if we look at the early church known as the household of faith in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. I already recognize that there are elements of these that we live out as a church here in Riverside. Our church service at the moment is on a Sunday morning, but church happens all throughout the week. In life groups, prayer triplets, community groups, serving opportunities, missional groups, prayer gatherings, worship band rehearsals, um, meals, visits, and many, many more. All of that is church. Us growing deeper in relationship, but also meeting the needs of the community around us. Whether it's in Hall Green, Kings Heath, Mosley, Sturchley, Selly Park, wherever. Each of those needs in those areas are going to be different. And so the groups can specifically aim to know that area and then meet the needs as they look after it. And in thinking about these different aspects of life within church, what can we each be doing to create home for our city from these examples? Is it putting on community events, a barbecue on your street, or giving out cookies, cards, invitations, lending a helping hand in a time of need, going for visits in others' homes, or opening your home for others to come and rest and eat? The organization Home for Good is calling for the church to respond to the command that Jesus gives us in the book of James to look after the widows and the children. And there are people in Riverside living that out. Founder and director of Home for Good, Krish Kandaya, talks about hospitality breeding hospitality. It starts to develop a culture, and that's a culture that we want. Last week, someone came for the first time to Riverside and, and went along to a community group lunch. And I witnessed them straight away after the meal help out with washing up the dishes. And you know what I thought to myself? I thought, they're in. They're part of the family. Because that's what family does. We all muck in. We all get involved. So I'd love to encourage you to take that initiative. Jesus did. 
Jesus even invited himself to someone else's house. To Zacchaeus, he said, I must stay at your house today. And when you are at home, you know you can do that. Say, hey, I'd love to get to know you a bit more. Can I come around at some point? What's the worst that could happen? Oh, I'm, I'm busy this week, but what about next Friday? I would love for us to mimic the free-flowing habits that we see on the TV show, Friends, where people are comfortable enough to come in and out of each other's homes, sometimes without even knocking. As followers of Jesus, we are striving to be more like him. It said, Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone, right? Jesus practiced hospitality and lived generously, even though he had no home and no salary. He made sure the best wine was served at a wedding. He fed over 5,000 people at one point. He never owned a home, but he allowed people to feel at home. Now, all of us at some point have come into a gathering and thought, who's going to love me? Here I am. But what if instead we asked ourselves, who is here that I can love? How can we be taking that initiative? The worst thing that could happen is negligible compared to the way you could potentially be blessing someone with that encounter. And we're going to hear from someone in our church family now. Uh, James, do you want to come up? Now, thanks for agreeing to share with us this morning, James. Um, for those of you who don't know, James moved to Birmingham a few weeks ago. You're from Liverpool, and um, you've been studying for the past two years in Bath, and you had hoped to do a placement in Bath, but that fell through. And so you've come to Birmingham for the year. So could you just share really briefly what's going on in your head kind of when you did that change uh, to come to Birmingham? Um, so there was a lot of confusion at first, a lot of questions. Um, I loved, as mentioned, loved Bath as a city. Uh, my church had just built a new building there. So I thought, um, I really thought for a lot of reasons, God wanted me to stay there for the next year, but um, that didn't work out. And that was really hard, the drastic change in circumstance so late on. Um, but I knew that God wanted me here in Birmingham for this year, but I didn't know why or what it was going to look like. Okay. And um, you came to Riverside on your first full day here, and, and Sue Simpson felt, felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to go and pray with you, and off the back of that, then invited you around to lunch. But could you just share with me, um, share with us, uh, what happened that week at, at rugby practice? Um, <laughs> so just to explain a bit more about the first day, um, so I spent the service crying, um, just the whole service. Um, yeah. And Sue so came over, prayed with me, invited me out to lunch, like almost immediately after. Um, and that was such a great distraction from everything. I got their contact details and didn't think much more of it. Um, I rugby training that week. I got concussed within 10 minutes of the session, which was not ideal at all. Um, I then had to spend, an ambulance came. I had to spend the evening in hospital alone, which was a horrible experience. And they said I needed to be monitored for 48 hours after that. Um, I just moved into my accommodation. No one was there, so I didn't know anyone in Birmingham to ask. Um, so I accept the Simpsons. Um, so I uh, texted Jess the um, weirdest text I've ever texted someone in, I've only known for three days. Um, and I stayed with them for five days in total in the end. Um, and yeah, that whole experience and was amazing with all the changing circumstance and environment um having the consistency of <laughs> um people to come home to who 
would just ask me how my day was and made me laugh and enjoy myself so much in a time that was pretty hard for me. It was absolutely immense. Um, I've thanked them a lot already, but um, it, it meant the world to me and then some. James did. Here's another question. I got some. When, when I asked James to do this, he, he promised there would be tears, so we were, we were prepared for this. Um, thank you, James, for sharing so vulnerably, and that is a beautiful example of church. Sue and Andy and Jess and Jemima opening up their home to you at such a short notice, and we want to honor that. That is beautiful. But my final question for you, James, is um, what was something that you were praying in the midst of coming to Birmingham, and, and how have you felt that God has been with you in this time? Um, a lot of my prayers before coming here were for, to find family and actual connection with people um, and through incredible ways um, I've found that um, there's um, he's put so many people into my path that have shown, shown such love to me yet have barely known me um, and that that has blown me away um, everyone I've met in Birmingham so far has been so lovely and here at Riverside as well um, so stay lovely um, and um, I, yeah I just want to encourage everyone to show as much love to people as possible because you never know how much they need it Let's give them a round of applause thank you James. I've, um, I've loved getting to know James a little bit more over the past few weeks as he's been here in church family. Let's continue to love James and let's be his family here in Birmingham. And let's continue to do that for others as well, because that is church. That is what it looks like. We continue to see this modeled by Jesus, who invited more than just his disciples to join him around a table for fellowship. He invited tax collectors, prostitutes, people who were shunned, people who were ill, people whom everyone hated, he invited them. He invited the thief next to him on the cross. He invited them all through himself to his father's house. Jesus even shows hospitality at the Last Supper. And this goes beyond your typical hospitality. He broke bread and shared a cup with someone he knew was going to betray him. We are perhaps ready to share things with those in our circle, those we trust, those we love, those we know love us. But an incredible depiction of the gospel is here where Jesus shares beyond the circle. Someone who is going to bring him one step closer to an extremely painful death. That's challenging. How do we reach beyond what is comfortable or what our society says is the norm in order for others, our neighbors, our enemies, to feel that sense of home. While we want the best for people coming in, we shouldn't have to hide the mess that we have here at church. It's a privilege for people to be let into the inner circle. And we saw a lot of that, well, we saw that just now with James, and we saw a lot of that as well over the summer series, the vulnerability of people sharing their stories. This is a safe place to do that. This is, this is home. We're a family. We're all flawed and we all have baggage, but... We're all here because of the loving embrace of the Father God. The new home that um, Alice and I have moved into is wonderful. I love it. I really do. There are, however, um, 
couple of things that, that could be better. Um, the radiator's leaking, so that's not great, but it's still our home. And the, the bathroom door doesn't really shut properly, uh, but it's still our home. This is where we are. We're going to do our best to address those issues, but the place never stops being our home. And Riverside Church will have its flaws. You might not like certain things and you might disagree with certain people, but this is still your home. And we need one another and we are blessed and better off for you being a part of our church family. So we've looked at the past, at our experience of home where we've been, We've explored where we are in this church and what we can be doing for others. Now let's look at where we're going, what lies before us. Timothy Keller writes, we are all exiles, always longing for home. We're always traveling, never arriving. The houses and families we actually inhabit are only inns along the way, but they aren't home. Home continues to evade us. The truth is, is that everything in this world will fade. We know that there will be disappointments in life and we're all flawed and broken people and we live in a broken world. But thanks to Jesus and his sacrifice, we can have relationship with God and hope in eternal life. C.S. Lewis says, if I find myself, if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. Personally, I do look forward to the day when my time on earth is finished and I arrive in heaven and God might just say, aren't you glad to be home? And then, then I will say yes. But as for now, our, our home is here. Our homes are here in Birmingham, in this community. Let's make it apparent for this city that they are welcome in this home too. There are no foreigners, no aliens, one family. And the only way we can do this is through Jesus Christ, Jesus at the center. God is working in you and God is working through you. Now, I, I want to challenge everyone here to do something practical to make someone feel at home. See if it can be for someone beyond your circle. Maybe it can be a monthly commitment every third Sunday. That's today. Today's the third Sunday. Uh, you can make it a get to know you Sunday. What does that look like for you? An easy starting point is a meal or a coffee. But also as we kind of respond, I, I, I want you to pray. I want to encourage you to pray and ask God to show you the name or face of someone that you can demonstrate hospitality towards. Maybe someone in our church family here maybe someone you know who isn't a Christian. Take the time in a moment to pray and listen to who God is directing you towards. I'm going to hand out these um, pieces of paper. They've got a little house scratched on it. And, and as you're praying, and as a name or a face comes to you, feel free to scratch that into the paper and then pray some more and think about it and ask God what he wants you to do. Pray some more and then go and do something.